Trigger warning. The podcast you're about to listen to may contain sexual and violent acts committed against men, women, and children. If such acts offend you in any way, please do not listen any further. This podcast was made for an audience of 18 years and older and contains mature and explicit content. Also, this podcast may also contain a high level of profanity and explicit language. If such things offend you in any way, shape, or form, please do not listen to the podcast any further. This is your last trigger warning. If anything that I mentioned above offends you, please do not listen. Thank you. Warning. The cases that I talk about here are under the assumption that the individuals that are accused allegedly committed these crimes unless they have been convicted in court for the tri- for the crimes that they have been charged with. This is by no means me making any kind of accusations whatsoever. I am simply commenting on news articles and stories that have been shared with me through individuals who may or may not have experienced these said stories. This is not fact. This is purely my opinion. Unless they have been through court and they have been convicted. Please understand that moving forward. Thank you. Hey everybody, this is Jeremy with the Manor Park Podcast. This podcast covers rape and pedophilia cases, as well as highlight organizations that make it their mission in this world to fight for children. I appreciate you clicking on to my podcast and listening to these episodes. I also have survivor interviews that I share as well, which can be very graphic and heavy. But it's much needed to be heard in this day and age. Because, like a lot of people, I myself was not aware of how troubling and how deep this issue really was. Until I started hearing survivors and listening to the heinous and horrific things they went through. So thank you for clicking on this podcast and listening to these stories. While I know they're deep and disturbing, we need to know what goes on with the victims and survivors and what they went through. So that we can try to identify the problem. And then we can figure out how to solve the problem. My podcast is not for the light of heart. It's not for the faint-hearted at all. It's not for anybody with a weak stomach. These stories will change you mentally. They will make you question your faith. They will make you wonder, why is it that the systems that are in place do not protect children and do not give justice to survivors? And that's what I want it to do. I want it to make you think. I want it to make you go and be curious enough to do the research as well and to go out there and seek the answers and find the truth to all of this because somebody has to. I myself is just a man who was tired of seeing these babies being harmed and from there it grew and I found out so many different traumas that I never knew existed. So thank you for joining me on this journey. Thank you for clicking on this episode. Thank you for supporting me. It does mean a lot, and it's much appreciated. And I'm glad to know that since I've started this journey, there are so many individuals out there that care about protecting children and helping survivors like I do. With that, here's the latest episode. 
Hey everybody, this is Jeremy with the Man Apart Podcast. This is going to be episode 59, titled Justice or Just Us, part 6 of the Samantha Haynes Chronicles. So last week we left off with Samantha talking about her stories in prison, her trial, things of that sort of nature, and what life was like in prison for. This week, this episode, this part, we're going to be talking about, you know, getting out of prison what she did, what she saw, and what she experienced with her biological family when she was living out there in Carlsbad, New Mexico, what her father did to her entire biological family, and what her grandmother refused to do as well, and how it affected her in a very, very deep way. I'm not going to give any spoilers. I'm just going to let y'all listen to the episode. So, here's part six. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did did they uh did anybody ever retaliate? Did, did that couple ever retaliate on the guard that did it or no? Yeah, we all wrote. I mean, what? what no, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, I mean, besides reporting them, did they do like that? Some guards get fucked up for uh, lying like that on somebody. And I don't know if you ever talked to any male prisoners or anything like that, because I know there's a difference between the female and, and like women in men's prisons and everything. Like men's prison is just fucking brutality. I mean, just savage fucking brutality. I know a story of a guy. It, it, out here in the you know in the free world and shit, you would just kind of like brush it off if somebody disrespected you or something like that, said something to you, not, not not even really intentionally, just said something and, and they took it the wrong fucking way, and then you know they they call you out and, you, and they and he told the guy to go fuck off. So guy said, okay, you want to disrespect me? He goes to the uh, to the microwaves, he gets his mug right, the little commissary mug that they sell, and he took uh, some coffee and some baby oil. And he mixed it up in, in the mic. He mixed it up in there and like heated it up like super fucking hot. It was so hot. The guy had to use a rag around his uh, mug and everything like that. And then when he walked up on the dude, he threw it on there. Well, when that oil hits, when it's super hot like that, you just can't wipe the shit off. It stays on you. Right. And yeah. it, I mean, it literally melted his skin off his face. Yeah. All because the guy, you know, told him to go fuck off and everything. Cause he said something that, that was, you know, out of pocket or something like that to him. And, that's the type of shit they do up in there. Um, crushing up glass and shit like that in your food. I've heard of those stories. Um, like My just dad, um, poured hot water on someone and melted. Yeah. Her. Yeah. My dad did that. Yeah. That, that those stories are, are, are kind of common too, because it's like you, you, you do that and then bam, you just start fucking them up, you know, and everything like that. And, um, there's nothing you can really do on those situations, but just, fucking cry and scream and if you if you rub your face your skin's just wiping the fuck off like 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 as if it was just water yeah and it just insane shit but um were there like any kind of uh were there any gangs in the female prison you was in no no so that they don't they don't do gang life or anything like that where you was at huh so so there were girls from gangs right like there's there in um burke is albuquerque so okay. there is, yeah, like Albuquerque gangs, but n- no, not really. Like you could rep your, you know, whatever town you're from, you know, because all of us were from different towns in New Mexico. So, yeah. but other than that, no, it wasn't like, like if you mean racially uh, motivated. Oh, like, no, isn't, no, no. Well, not even that. Like, I, like, so West Coast has all the, like the, the, the racially divided shit. I think down here in the South. I don't think it's like that, but I haven't talked to anybody that's like recently that, I mean, from everybody that I've talked to, they don't have it set up like that. Um, it's pretty much just good charges and bad charges. So if, you know, like baby, you know, like 
like pedophiles, baby diddlers, rapists, and shit like that. Like those guys get ostracized completely uh, out of general pop. They have to go to you know ad seg or something like that and, and stay out there. Otherwise, they'll get beat the shit out of or killed. That's pretty much the only yeah. separation they have. You you pretty much have like people you can people you can do business with and people you can trust and people that you just don't trust. And that's how they they set up in some of the prisons down here in the south. Like East Coast isn't like that. They really don't check. The West Coast is its own different vibe, right? Like they you have to have your paperwork and you have to be with your race and all that shit like that i think the south and the east are, are just a little bit different if they want to check and look up paperwork they'll get the guys with the cell phones to go do that and or get the jailhouse lawyer to look up the uh, records and everything that's about it, it comes to that type of shit but uh, but they do have gangs though they do have different sex and everything like like different types of gangs and everything in there but i mean it's yeah. all just depending on what you roll with uh i think like crips and bloods are like uh the biggest thing down here in the south I, I man, look for anybody listening. I could be completely wrong about that, but that's last time I talked to somebody. That was the biggest uh, issue was so, the Crips, the Bloods, and I think some of the like one of the Mexican gangs as so, well. Um, feds, the feds for male federal prisons are also ran by race and gang affiliation. Yeah, so, and those are all like there's different there's different ones like Skinhead or. Aryan Brotherhood or Peckerwood, those are all different gangs. With yeah, so there's different ones in the federal men's for sure, like for sure, for sure. I know that, like for. But my dad, that's where my dad did all of his prison time was in the feds, and yeah. So here, okay, you also have certain charges carry a hate crime, okay? Like if you are a baby killer, that's definitely like a hate crime if you touch them. And um, pedophiles also, it's a hate crime to touch them. So they are completely protected even by the law. Like you would pick up a whole nother case. You would have to go to county in that town and yeah pick up a whole another charge it's, it's they broke that shit down it's like um if you touch a pedophile or anything a baby raper or whatever like a baby killer or anything like that it's like if you assault one it's a it's an extra 15 years on your on your sentence if you kill one depending on what state you're in if you kill one or even multiple ones um they can give you the death penalty it, it's very possible for that to happen also uh the reason why they had to crack down so hard and protect them was because of the lawsuits a lot of these prisons were getting. So these, this is what pissed me off a lot. The family members of these pedophiles would sue these prisons because they were ended up, you know, these, these fucking monsters were ended up getting killed, rightfully so in my opinion, and because the jails would turn a blind eye to them. So now they have to be protected in order to prevent a lawsuit because if you shut down a prison, well, you know, you still, you know, prisons got some real monsters in them. Like they got some people that just cannot, some people just cannot be rehabilitated. Okay. You can't really rehabilitate somebody that goes around and wantonly kills like, you know, little old ladies or just random people for no, just because they, they didn't look in their direction or they did look in their direction. You know, like you have people that are psychotic like that, that becomes a housing problem later on in life. I mean, or later on down the road too, because if you don't have enough prison, to house some of these monsters well you know for the other crimes they're gonna start letting people out to to make room for for the most the the worst of the worst so per state and per fed there are separate like completely separate buildings and completely separate prisons just for um lockdown cases yeah pedophiles baby killers um and pc like there's entire prisons like there's a whole entire male's giant facility where all the you know males in california go to that pc prison so 
Um, there's some in New Mexico, like there's just every, and even the feds, like if you're a chomo in the feds, it's the same thing. The feds have nice fucking prisons for chomos and, um, baby killers and stuff. Nice prisons. Yeah. That's that. And that pisses me off to, to no end as well. Yeah. They get nicer, everything. Like they have just nicer food, nicer, everything in those facilities. And my dad said that, um, when they're outside on the yard, they could watch like the guards leaving and like after a shakedown and the guards would just have like bags of little magazine, like target clippings of little boys, in, you know, dressing. Little up. Girl. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. They'll, they'll watch cart. They'll watch cartoons, PBS, all that shit too. And everything it just, it pisses me to fuck off. Completely protected. I personally don't believe in like prison justice. I, I just don't. I've, I, I got you. I don't see it. I'm sorry. There's there's like one guy I'm thinking in particular that uh, his prison stories like he's a big time and I think he's putting a lot of misinformation out there for clicks. So you got to be careful you. with that too. You know what I mean? There are yeah. prisons that are just fucking brutal. Yes, absolutely. But sometimes I think. Um, yeah, like pedophiles are not just being killed every day in prison. Sorry. No, they're no, they're not. They're like fucking protected, like as much as possible. So when you hear a guy saying that, like, oh, this mass murderer is going to get killed right when he hits the yard. No, that's a lie. That is a lie. They are. Even when I was booked in just for a murder rap, they locked me down for a long time until I was able to basically convince them. I had to like convince them and sign a waiver. Yes, I can be out in population while I'm waiting for my murder case. Like the, you do not just like with Dahmer too, they were not going to let Dahmer out. He had to sign multiple waivers, fight the state. It went all the way up to the governor's office. The governor finally said, okay, you can be in general pop. And that's when he, you see what I mean? Like yeah. they protecting those motherfuckers like at all costs so just be wary about those um click yeah. dudes that oh yeah yeah you know they have one that's uh that we know i i think you know of him too on uh on on tiktok and he's got youtube now um jd delay he even mentioned about how it doesn't happen that often as well and he he talked about the hate crime deal and everything too yeah, with uh right. with with ian bick yeah like and, like again like prison is brutal all on its own it it doesn't need to be glorified where people i don't want the public to think that pedophiles are getting what they deserve in prison because they're not and that is doing yeah. a disfavor for the public because the public is really thinking oh they're these people aren't going to last that long yeah the fuck they do and they get out and they do it the fuck again that's the problem yeah so you see what I, so i just don't want the public to be confused about that whole pedophilia thing is not working like we need to come up with a, a whole different system for for repeat so, offended pedophiles like point blank that system is not working yeah. i don't think this uh them being on record isn't working like there needs to be a notice like a google notice in your area everybody should know in that town hey this guy is getting out today and he's gonna yeah. live right here just so everyone oh. because look what just happened in fucking oklahoma did you hear about that dude no, what happened in Oklahoma? Oh, 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 oh wait, you talking about uh, the McFarlane guy? McFadden. Yep. Yeah, McFadden. 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 Yeah, yeah, McFadden. Yeah, I what? heard about him. You gotta be joking, the fucking judge. Let him out on the. He wrote the, him just the most ridiculous letter. Please let me out. Please let yeah. me out. And he let him out, and then no, no, and possibly has a whole underground 
pedophile ring that he was running? No, no. In a torture chamber house, he's only been out for two years? Hell no. Hell fucking no, dude. How that's that's the thing. Nobody knew that he was a multiple like these are people with multiple offenses like what yeah it it, it confound it it confounds the fuck out of me that they allow that to happen and because we were talking about the hate crimes and all that stuff like that too you know i mean because yeah there is a public misconception i had it for a long time too thinking that you know there is ma justice and then when i look into the shit it's like no it's not happening and then i know of like pedophiles like tier three incest pedophiles getting out after a 15 year stretch and i'm like how the fuck did he survive 15 years in prison and then you know and then you find out why it's because they are protected class because they're they're it's all about money when it comes down to it at the end of the day. Like it's it really is about them protecting them from getting sued and everything. Yes, we and, are we are yeah. like, it's property. Yes. Yeah. I mean well, well it's not only just getting money from the prisoner, but it's also making sure that the prison doesn't get sued and, and they have to spend out millions and millions of dollars these lawsuits and shit like that too. And here's the thing that I, I think of as well, like and it might be a controversial thought and everything, but pass fucking laws to where you can't sue the fucking prisons for for a uh, for a pedophile dying and everything like that. Because look, if, if our government can protect big pharma from like the the for decades from like the side effects of, of different vaccines and stuff like that from any kind of litigation, why the fuck can't they protect uh, prisons from being uh for being sued if a pedophile dies? Like they can make those laws happen if they want to. They just choose not to. It's not important to them. I think we should just all be treated equally. Like, that would be nice. We're all criminals. We're all, all in there. Um, if somebody killed me in prison, nobody could do a fuck thing about it. Yeah. You would get, how, how come I don't have um, the same, and I was in there for killing somebody. Isn't that big enough for, uh, you know, I guess my, I don't, I don't fucking know. I guess not. Right? Like, yeah. So I- only- Certain people are protected. Baby killers and chomos are protected. That doesn't even make any sense. That's why. That's why people that so have these they, fight these, with them these... at all, like that, could come up, and I could spend years and years extra in prison. Like that's fucked up. I was fighting the whole time I was in there. Yeah. But he was getting trouble for fighting me. Like we were. Like it just didn't. You see what I mean? Like that is a wild amount of protection. Okay, when that's just what you do in there in the first place. Yeah. You see what I mean? Like, it's just a, it's, that's the environment. Like, or you sit on your bunk and don't do anything, but I wasn't going to live like that in there. I wanted to, like, I wanted to have fun. I wanted to get high. Like, (laughs) I wanted to, you know, do tattoos and try and, I guess, make the best out. What what were they really going to do to me? Like, put me in super, super jail? Like, I was already in fucking prison and for killing somebody. Like, I already maxed out in life, okay? Like, my... I don't know. A- A- ADX Florence is uh well. ADX Florence out in Colorado is pretty fucking tough, from what I understand, though. Too. So you're, you're my stuck. dad went to Florence, Colorado. Yeah. Yes. So I'm gonna start talking about him, anyways, because okay. So remember, I told you that um, his mom, Galen, fucking CYFD worker, Family Youth and Services Department, fucking worker forever, went yeah. to his trial. Right. Remember, he had gotten arrested on that Fed case and they gave him 20 years. They gave him 20 to life for a career criminal. They careered him out on that last manufacturing charge in 2001. He did 17 years. So guess what? Me and him are getting out the same year. Me and him get me and my dad get out the same year. Holy shit. 
starts, yes, and he starts up. He starts up a huge fucking business. He's selling heroin. I'm getting strung out, and I'm on parole, like, mind you. Like, and I really wanted to do good. I had a job. I had, I actually did really good on parole for the most part, but my dad's kind of sick in his head, and I think I had, like, this idea of him, like, while writing the whole time and me not ever having like a biological, you know, parent connection. Yeah. Right. I was just I I was really disappointed with this fantasy I had with these letters. I put together this person that wasn't him. So when he got out and I got out the same year, uh he s- starts feeding heroin to the entire family. And he moves in with Galen. And it's a little different circumstances now. Like I had already, I had been gone for like six, seven years. He had been gone for almost 20 years. We have, all of my cousins are living here. We, they have lots of kids. Like it's, it's settled down. It's not like a drug ran place like it was back in the day when he was here. You see what's going on? So yeah. it's nice everybody's cleaned up everybody's got like three kids each all of my cousins have three kids each they're living on this block with two there's two main houses and then there's the side house where my dad lives so there's like a whole block it's called it's western way and eighth street in carlsbad and they just take up that block i told galen my grandmother that um my dad was selling everybody heroin and it's not going to be good for very long um, it's not going to take long for all my cousins' names are Lexi, Lacey, and Lindsay. So Lexi is actually on trial. She goes to trial September 11th for um, my cousin's death. So I, I am, yeah, his name is Brent Sullivan. Um, and he died of a fentanyl overdose. I am telling Galen, and I get away from my dad, and I get completely clean off of H and I get away from all of it, but I am still trying to help. So I'm going to Galen, right? My grandmother, she's the one who owns all the property. And I'm telling her, you need to kick your son out. Your son is feeding all of his nieces and nephews heroin. And they all have three kids each. Plus Lexi had four, five kids. Okay. Lacey has three kids. Lindsay has three kids. Yeah. So all of these kids are living in a really dangerous environment because they're all strung out on heroin. And this has been going on for a few years. And I've been trying to, I have been out now for six years. Yeah. I strung out with my dad for the first 18 months. And then I got clean. And just uh, last year, um, Brent died. So I had written uh, Galen emails. I kept the emails and everything for proof because I already knew something bad was going to happen to one of those kids. And I told that to Galen. She again is head of CYFD. She's got all the polls. She knows all the judges. Her sister is a, works in the DA's office. Yeah. So she is embedded in child welfare in that town. We had the resources. Okay. We had the Everything, there was no reason to leave those kids there and not get Lexi, Lindsay, Lacey the proper help and get my dad away from My dad is like an evil, 
fucking human being okay and you know what like I can sit with some sick motherfuckers I really can like I've sat in prison with these sickest of motherfuckers and have not judged them but let me explain something about my fucking dad will take women out into the desert and drug them and fucking bury them in a already pre-drugged grave like this is the kind of guy that he is holy shit yeah fucking fucking monster like point blank he's a fucking monster he's given my uncle a hot shot my uncle's still not right in the head um he is has ruined multiple lives like in his lifetime the feds gave him a 20-year sentence to life for a reason because he had destroyed carlsbad with meth he was manufacturing meth, and I mean, he was selling it to teachers, the fucking DA, cops, everybody. The entire town was fucking strung out in the 90s because of my dad. Like, I'm not even playing. Wow. Yeah. So what? Um, so let's kind of let's, let's trace back a few steps on, on the story. Um, you got out of prison with him around the same time. Yes. And for 18 months, you were strung out. What was it in... Uh, what what happened? Like, what event do you remember happening that made you say, you know what? Fuck all these drugs. Fuck all this bullshit. I got to get clean. What happened is I started kicking. And I hadn't kicked from heroin before. So, so wait, wait. So, so what do you mean by kicking? What, what does uh, that mean? I, I didn't have any. My um, dad, like, pulled some fucking shiesty move on me. I can't remember, like, the exact details of it. But my yeah. dad let me go dry and let me kick. And... I realized that my dad wasn't in it for the money and I slowly, it was a slow um, progression to this. I was in his room one day. His name is Chris Lexi, my cousin's husband comes in and he is in a bad way. Like he is withdrawing hard and the way my dad kind of smirked about it, like Chris needed him and all of the kids were outside of the door and I started snapping like this motherfucker doesn't care about anybody. I was looking and I was also coming down and I was like, you motherfucker, dude. He never wanted any money from anyone. He just wanted to have control over people. Like yeah. some weird, sick. I don't know. I, I don't know what it was, but it was it was having some sort of power over people is what he wanted. And he could withhold dope if he didn't want to give it to you that day. Like just to see just to see your reaction basically and just to beg if that makes sense so yeah. I, chris begging and what it was doing i was like an outsider looking in on his behavior with somebody else so that's when i snapped that that's what he was doing with me that's what he was doing with lexi that's what he was doing with lacy that's what he was doing with all of these people and now he's got half the town under his wing with heroin and fentanyl you see what i mean like and yeah. i mean all of our families I didn't have kids right at the time I'd just gotten out of prison so it, who cares my fucking life and I was on parole for fucking killing some dude like my life didn't really matter that much then okay so who cared but when I was looking at the children that were involved and I was looking at everybody that was involved I had to step back and realize like what he was doing and why he was doing it and it was just real a real fucking sick realization and um that's when me and him started fighting. So, uh, yeah, that's when um, I got clean. Yep. I'll, um, 
So I, I know obviously trying to kick kick a habit like that, it's got to be very uh, not only mentally but physically demanding as well on your body because your body is trying to adjust without the substance that has been addicted to for so long. So what did you do while you were while you were kicking the habit? Like, did you try to no, go to? No, I just went. Um, I just got uh, some Suboxone that I got on the streets. I had kicked plenty of. Um, things before like in my day like so really kicking heroin I was I was kind of used I was I was used to kicking so I was prepared I I got gabapentin I got some colonidine and I got some suboxone and I was good to just kick probably took about a week and a half holy shit you were on you were on suboxone gabapentin and 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 well not clonopin but oh clonopin oh wow the heart Clonidine is for um, to regulate your blood pressure, your heart rate. Okay. So, I got you. Um, so I had all three of those um, nerves. So my nerves weren't going to kick. I wasn't going to kick at night. My blood pressure wasn't going to get too high because I had clonidine. And um, I wasn't going to kick that hard because I had Suboxone. You see what I mean? Yeah. yeah so it, was, I, it was easy. That, it was easy that out of is it. the combination to kick any, really anything. Um, I have kicked gabapentin too, though, and that's a rough. Uh, kicking gabapentin is something else. It's just as rough yeah. on how much you're taking. So, uh, there's a lot of uh, even um, court cases right now with gabapentin because it is like it's it's directed at your nervous system. So, if it if you are doing too much of it, it could damage your nerve to where you need that you see what i mean this is something yeah. that's natural that uh natural it's natural uh in your body so yeah kind of messes your chemicals up and it's so you get you get cleaned up and everything what do you do after that point um i ask i called my biological brother and i said hey i need to get out of this town um, I don't think I'd be able to stay clean in this town and I just need to start fresh somewhere. So my brother allowed me to move down here to Texas. I would um, go visit and I also still had connections like with my sense, right? And right. they told me just horror stories of what was going on there. And um, I remember I went down to visit and I went straight to Galen and I said, you need to do something. And she said, um, I can't talk to you right now. And if this is what you're going to do is, uh, you know, talk shit to me for, for what I'm doing over here uh, and you just leave. Right. And sure, yeah. right, that's exactly why the fuck I was there. Yeah. You need to get your son away from the rest of the family. Like you now have great grandbabies, like, um, and there are children involved. Like, it, what in the f- like? I it, it was different if David was just gonna live there with Galen and get himself strung out. Who cares? The fact that the entire family was living and like our entire family line is right here. Like I was the you know it's me and my sister were the only ones that were separated from them. So yeah. So it was, that was it. That's our whole line right here. My whole dad's side is basically right here on this block. Um, and everybody is sick in the head. And I mean, like, I was getting phone calls that Lexi was in a bloody bathtub. She wouldn't stop picking at herself. Uh, she thought bugs were in her skin. She was working at um, this, uh, like, 
oh my gosh, Sunday school church, like elementary school. She was teaching at an elementary school church, uh, like picking blood all over, like she was bloody picking, yeah. like wrung the fuck out at work. And I don't, the school like hid for her a lot. I don't think they wanted to pay for her rehab, right? Because if you're working for an employer and they find out that um, you're strung out, they need to help you, you know, they can't just fire you like that. There's like protections or something. So um, you have, as they didn't want to pay for her to get rehab, I don't think. I think that's what it was. And even um, teach, uh, parents of teachers were complaining like, hey, uh, what's going on with our fucking... <laughs> yeah. What's going on with the teacher? Like, uh, she's yeah. half dead and she's bloody picking at herself. Like, not all there. What is going on here? Like, people were... So she eventually got laid off. She got laid off for being late though so they waited and waited and i don't know it seems like they protected the situation because they also knew about the kids living in that home as well they went and saw lexi in the state at home now cps or cyfd was called multiple times and all they did on the door yeah but but because of galen and her power and And her pool and everything all of her power exactly so, like, Gay Laney even helped Lindsay get her kids back because there was a drug bust. Lindsay got busted with a bun- bunch of guns. So her kids got taken away because they had meth in their system. A six-year-old boy had meth in his system. So, like, her kids got taken away and then brought back because Gay Lane got her to get her kids back. Before, the only requirement was she needed to finish um, a rehab she AWOLed from the rehab and still got her kids back. Like, let me tell you how fucking embedded and how much Galen enabled Brent to eventually die. Like, it was ridiculous how much she, I don't know what the fuck. But well, well, I remember. Hold on, hold on. Okay, well, before you go into that, I, I got to ask, how did the six-year-old get meth in his system, though? I have no idea. I okay. really have no idea. Um that wasn't even like that was i think the third raid that happened holy shit in like this like these houses were getting hit every other month for something like there was always something going on you see what i mean like this it's not like it was hidden the whole town was watching jesus like neighbors were calling cyfd all the time like, I'm still friends with one of the neighbors. Like, it, she's done her own little um, story on TikTok about it. Like, she got into detail about how often she was calling the police. Like, uh, how the commotions that were going on over and over. How many times Brent overdosed before he finally died. He overdosed three times already. He was fucking 11. He was 11. So this is going on for about a year that I'm going down there from Texas and trying to, this last time I went down there, Galen said that she was taking Brent to um, a hospital in El Paso and she didn't have time to argue with me anymore. And um, I told her that she needed to get the fucking kids out of there at this point. Like it's already too late. Um, You should have kicked out 
my dad uh, two years ago. And this would have slowed down to, to minimal. They would have been able to kick clean away from him. Like, who cares? Who cares if you ostracize your son at this point? Like, he's been in prison his whole life. Like, yeah. fuck, dude. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the kid. The, I mean, the kids at this point are more important than than a guy who's strung out and been dealing yeah. drugs to his entire family. She knew, it. she knew it was him too. I told her over and over, get him away from all of your grandbabies and your great grandbabies. Like for real. Like do the fucking right thing once in your life, Galen. Like please. Like she had already fucked up all of our lives. Like for real, she sold me off from Jump Street, ruined my whole fucking childhood. Like, th- th- I'm begging her to do something. And you want to fucking know what she said to me? She said, I what? can't separate them because I know what it does to them now. Oh, okay. So now you understand separation trauma? Like, you're 80 years old? Like, and your grandbabies are, your great grandbabies are dying right in front of you? Like, for real. Now, I mean, something. Like, like- but this something's got to be better. I mean, th- 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 these are one of those. need to get the kids out, right? Like, y'all yeah, been ripping out are... fucking kids away from people for no goddamn reason other than like poverty related issues. And um, you won't actually do something when children are fucking going to die. Like, really, yeah. bitch? I was so fucking mad. And I just couldn't with her anymore. She was the one with the power there. And she was the one, she was the only fucking one that could have saved Brent. So the last story I heard and why I had went down there in a rage was because, yeah, Lexi was in the, a bloody bathtub and Brent, an 11-year-old boy, had to take care of her in the bathtub while she is screaming that bugs are crawling in her. Um, there is fighting going on. There is all, like, it is a mess. And that is when I went to Gaylin. She said, no, he's being hospitalized in El Paso. And uh, I come back to Texas and he dies. His third overdose. So my aunt, which is my dad's sister, Kelly, um, kept Narcanning him over and over again, but he had already been dead for about an hour. Uh, Yeah. So um, they blamed it all on him, said that he was stealing their drugs and they didn't know what to do. And he was out of control. He was fucking 11. Um, Like, and they are, their defense is that he killed himself. He did it on purpose. So that is their defense right now in trial. Their trial is in September. Both my aunt and um, my cousin. uh, but, um, up. Lindsay, Lacey, they're all, Lacey's lost her mind completely. Um, they're all gone. Uh, all the kids are separated and, um, it's just, that was just, uh, so I'm going to be cutting it off, uh, for today, for this week. I'm sorry for those of you that have been kind of drawn into the long, really long form content that I do. Uh, there were some things I cut out that. I was talking about with her on there that really didn't pertain to her story. And so that's why this episode's a little bit shorter audio wise. However, I kept, you know, her story and in, involved in it and everything like that. Some, just some stuff, you know, you just, you talk about with somebody in, a, in an interview and it's just, it, when you go back and re-listen, you're like, do I really need to fucking have that in the episode, right? So that's why this episode was a little bit shorter than most. However, next week, There'll be more to the story. 
and there's going to be at least a couple more episodes out, out of this. I didn't, you know, I I really didn't think there was going to be more than eight episodes out of this, but it looks like it's going to be that way. Uh, just a possibility, so. And I appreciate everybody that's been listening, that's been keeping up and been involved in everything with the story as well. I appreciate all of, you, all of Samantha's friends. have now, some have become my friends on TikTok and mutuals with me. Thank you all. Appreciate you for accepting me into y'all's community and uh, letting me listen to y'all's stories as well on TikTok. And for those of you that aren't on TikTok or not follow me on TikTok, you know, it's a Man Apart podcast. All you got to do is type it in the search bar and I'll pop up. My little pretty face will pop up everywhere. You know, my pretty face, right? My face for radio. <laughs> but yeah, um, and you get to have a lot more extra content as well. You know, in a, in a more condensed, short-form version, right? You get to see a whole different side of things with me. And, you know, I have anything from motivational quotes to stories that I personally have experienced that just doesn't require a podcast episode. Just encounters I have with people. Sometimes, and sometimes it's just duets of, you know, other people's content as well that I find insightful or informative and... And there's just stuff that, I, you know, I, I talk with people about. And then there's things I find on there. It's like, holy shit, you know. And I had a couple of videos where I have just did, like, what in a chicken fried buck? You know, because some things, the, thing, the shit you find, right? The shit you find. And in this whole pieto hunting or pedo hunting world and, uh, you know, trauma world that we're in, there's a lot of different things. And it's a deep, deep, dark rabbit hole. I'll tell you all that. However, I try to come back to the light. I try to be there for survivors. Because, you know, I, I think I'd be a lot more wild and, and, and just let loose than I normally do. If it was just all about bashing pedophiles and, you know, hunting them fuckers down, right? That's part of the, that's part of the, uh, the dynamic. The other part is... Being here for survivors. Letting people share their stories. And that's what brought me here. That's what got me to heal. And that's what got me to to learn from people. Was their stories. That's why I always encourage people. Use your voices. Even if you think you're not qualified. What makes any of us fucking qualified, you know? All you gotta do is have love and empathy and compassion for somebody. And show that character consistently and people will come to you people are good people are attracted to good people you know it don't mean you're just gonna bang them or anything like that it just means you know you, you know that you that you are, are of you know you're, you connect with like-minded kindred spirits and look I have friends all across the different spectrums of different issues in life Political, uh, religious, faiths, ideologies, backgrounds, all different kinds. You know, hell, I even thought about it today. It just dawned on me, you know. Sabrina, my co-host, I love her to death. She is my sister in this world now. She chose for me to be her brother, right? And Sabrina is a biracial woman who is also bisexual, mother of two, and a survivor of different traumas. 
and has enough love and faith and trust in me to want to bring me into this world of TTI survivors and other survivors of that matter and help me along my journey. Never would have met her if I didn't, if I didn't meet her on TikTok. I mean, it's, but we all have this one fundamental thing that connects us though. We want to protect children. We want to help survivors. And those are the people that are always welcome at my table. How we go about doing it, we can all disagree on. We can all have our arguments over. We can all have our, you know, our disputes on. But we, at least we can all agree on one thing. That is, children deserve to have a safe childhood. And that we can understand that where there are children present, there are also predators. And that predators come in all different shapes and sizes. And it's the duty of every man and woman to make sure every child is safe. Flat out. So I don't give a shit if you're straight, if you're gay, black, white, tall, short, fat, or skinny. Because we need every single buddy, all hands on deck. Because there's over 500,000 predators online every fucking day. Alright, that's just online. That's not talking about the ones who have access to your children right now. You don't even know. Listen to these stories. Look for the signs. See somebody acting a little odd, a little strange? Don't be scared to speak the fuck up. Don't be scared to talk to your children and make sure that they know that they have choice in matters, that they have a voice, that if they come to you, they're not going to be dismissed. That you're going to take whatever they tell you seriously. I learned something yesterday. And I wanted to impart that with y'all today as y'all listen. You know, people have scars in their lives. They have scars they carry for the rest of their lives. Learn something about scars. It is a sign of battles that you have won in this life. It's not something to to look at and be depressed on. Look at your scars as as a sign that you won in life. That you won the battles that were put against you. Because you did. That's why I don't like calling people victims. I like calling them survivors. Because y'all survived. And I just want y'all to take that with y'all today. Now I know it might not be completely... You know, I, 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 I'm listening to it, and what I have in my head didn't come out right through my mouth, but I think you can understand the gist of what I'm saying. And look, I, don't, I, don't, I can't fully comprehend a lot of you survivors, y'all's pain. I'll never be able to know it because I never experienced it. But that don't mean I can't relate. That don't mean that I can't sit there and love y'all and support y'all. And, you know, if I ever see you in public and in person, hug you and embrace you as family. And tell you that, you know, you're worthy and that you're loved. Because we all can do that for y'all. I'm hoping that this podcast reaches out to those who don't know a fucking thing about the trauma world. Like I did. And can realize that if a foul-mouthed, truck-driving, chucklehead like me can do a podcast and help survivors. And show people that good people out there actually care. 
well, shit, I know there's going to be better people out there that can do this. I know that. I know that deep to my fucking core. All right? There are far better people in this world than myself. I know it. They just need to wake the fuck up. They just need to have that spark to light their flame in their heart. Because that's what I am. I'm a, I'm a spark that's a part of a flame. So just call me Sparky McGee, baby. Because we lighting shit up around here. Well, anyway. The only announcements I have is that hopefully soon in the coming future, I know I talked about it a couple episodes back, t-shirts, um, no news yet, but I'm working with somebody that is, uh, that's working on designs for t-shirts and everything like that, so y'all could have some, a man apart, you know, merchandise or something, uh, people have asked about it, while, and I was always, want, and I want one for myself anyway, too, I like to, have, if I'm a, if I'm gonna be on TikTok or be out in public, I want to have a man apart t-shirts or, you know, uh, Pedophile lives don't matter. Um, T-shirts on. How about uh, you know, pedophile hunter hats or you know, dead pedophiles don't reoffend. You know that, that kind of stuff. And maybe some healing stuff on there too. You know, I don't. I have to come up with some healer quotes or some healer sayings. But you know, I see you, survivor. I love you. You know, you're worthy. You're loved. Do something like that too. Fun little ideas. But honestly, um, because I ain't going to do it for the fucking money. I mean, shit. I, I mean, the person that makes the t-shirts, I want I want them to have the money. And, you know, whatever little money I do get off of it is to help pay for marketing. That's about it. You know, or get Sabrina paid. Because that's what I want, you know, for her to do is to get paid for this content. So anyway, I love y'all. Y'all be safe. Y'all take care. Protect all children, even if they're not your own. And remember, the bowmen see, and the bowmen never forget. Have a good day.